is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I wonder, can you remember what your Christmases were like when you were a child? Now, for some of you, that's only, well, maybe it's for some of you, that's current, that's now. For some of you, that's a few years ago. And looking around this evening, for some of you, that's quite a lot of years ago. And I include myself in that. Can you remember what it was like for you at Christmas time? What are some of the main memories you might have of what it was like for you at that time of Christmas? I've got got all sorts of memories. I remember we had, um, my sister and I, we, we had stocking presents which were in a pillowcase that was, uh, you know, that was next to the fireplace in the lounge. I remember my parents always cooking the turkey on Christmas Eve, so that way it would definitely be ready. Yeah, I, think that, I think there's some wisdom in that. And there's also some space in the oven for roast potatoes, which is always a good thing. I remember one year helping to host a Christmas Day lunch for the elderly and vulnerable in our community. That was a great way to spend the Christmas Day afternoon, actually. One of my top Christmases as a child. And I remember most Boxing Days, we would go as a family to my aunt and uncle's house. And uh, we would spend Boxing Day with them, with my aunt and uncle, my two cousins, my nan, and when he was alive, my granddad as well. And my two cousins, they're they're older than me, and uh, Trevor, the older one, studied electronics at university, and I think he got me into my interest in electronics and gadgets. So um, thank you for that, Trevor. And and my, my younger cousin, who's still older than me, but younger than Trevor, he played the guitar, and he taught me how to play the guitar. So again, thanks, Nigel. You know, that, that was a skill that, that he taught me that I've still got, to some degree at least, today. But the one thing that I perhaps remember the most about Boxing Day at my aunt and uncle's house is that at some point during the day, probably after we had had Boxing Day lunch, and tea later on, after we'd had some presents and had the Christmas tree presents. Do you ever have Christmas tree presents? They had a Christmas tree that gave out presents. Who knew? It was a great, great Christmas tree. But after that, the one thing that would happen every single year would be that my nan would want to sing her favourite carol. And my nan's favourite carol that she would sing absolutely every year without fail, was O Holy Night. It wasn't a carol that I knew well, but it's one that I learned because each year Nan would sing it. When I was younger, accompanied by my aunt on the piano, as I got a little bit older, accompanied by me. And as you may realise, because we sang it earlier this evening, That's been the theme of our carol service this year. It's got that line in that talks about the weary 
world rejoicing. And I can't hear that carol without thinking of Nan singing it all those years ago. And it wasn't just a carol that she liked and enjoyed to sing, but it was a carol that described some truth that she knew. A carol that described the truth about Jesus that she knew for herself. And it's that truth we're going to spend just a few moments considering this evening. The carol implies isn't it, that the world is weary. I wonder, do you think that's the case? Do you think the world is weary at the moment? Do you get that sense of things? I think the answer has to be yes, doesn't it? It's been a pretty weary few years. COVID, lockdowns, war even in Europe, and now energy bills soaring, a cost of living crisis, lots of things that the world is weary about. So is the world weary? Well, yes, I think it is. But what about closer to home? What about you? What about you? Are you weary this evening? Would you perhaps use that label about yourself? Quite possibly. So can the weary world rejoice in this season? Can you rejoice in this season? Well, it depends on your point of view and it depends what shapes your thinking. Too many of us allow our external circumstances to shape how we feel and to shape the, the view of our lives. When things are going well, we feel great. When things are not going so well, we feel awful. When things are tough, we feel bad. And the reality for most of us is that life is a mix, isn't it? Life is a mix of the good and the challenging. And for most of us, most of the time, it's not one or the other, but rather it's both ends. There's some stuff that's great and some stuff that's just hard. And even if for you, if this evening you're sitting there thinking, well, Graham, but my life's great. It's always been good. There have been no real challenges for me. Then I want to say to you this evening, God bless you, but it might not always be like that. And I suggest it probably won't. You see, if you live your life being shaped by the external challenges and pressures around you, your external reality, if you like, you're going to flip-flop between feeling great or feeling awful, depending what else is going on around depending what else is happening about you. So is there another way? Do you have to allow these circumstances of life to, to shape how you feel and what life looks like for you, or could there be something else? To use a word that's certainly in vogue at the moment, a subject we looked at as a church earlier in the year, <clears throat> is your well-being dictated by what's going on around you or by what's happened inside you? Is it possible for a weary world to rejoice? 
Some years after his birth, when, when Jesus was uh, in the season of his life where he was uh, traveling around and teaching people about God, he said this, it's recorded for us in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Could it be true? Could we know even today the rest that Jesus talks about? In his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul talks about having learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. That sounds like a good secret to learn, doesn't it? Don't you think? Learning to be content in any and every situation. So what is it? How can a weary world, or how can you rejoice in the midst of challenges that you might face even today? How can you find joy, or peace, or hope, or rest? Well, the answer, very simply, friends, comes in Jesus. The carol refers to the birth of Jesus, and it links rejoicing with hope. The, line, the whole line is, this a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Last year at our carol service here, we, we looked at that subject of hope, and one or two of you who are here may even remember me saying, that our English word for hope implies we hope something will happen. There's an element of chance there. We, we hope that we'll do well. We'll hope that, they, that we'll win a match. We hope that we're not quite sure whether it will work out. But the biblical word hope, the word the Bible uses that we translate hope, actually means an expectation of that which is sure. That which is certain. There's a guarantee to it. And that is why the weary world can rejoice. The Christmas story tells us about the birth of Jesus. The one that brought hope into the world. The one that came to bring rest. Who came to restore our relationship with God himself. And because of that hope that he brings, the weary world can most certainly rejoice. And knowing him, centering your life on him, rather than external things that go on around you, will bring that peace, that hope, that joy, and that rest. The birth of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas time is the reason that we can have this hope, the reason that we can indeed rejoice. Even though things seem dark, even though the world is weary, friends, this evening, there is hope in Jesus. There really is. The birth of Jesus is the great turning points of history. Not just B.C. becoming A.D., but because of his birth, because of his perfect life, his death and his resurrection, the weary world can rejoice. 
Because through his life, death and resurrection, you and I can have our relationship with God restored. That for which you were created, the purpose that God has for you, is made possible through a relationship with Jesus. That which we walked away from, that which we couldn't find our own way back to, he makes possible by what he did. No wonder the carol describes a new and glorious morn. God sent his son to live, to die and rise again in order that you and I might have a relationship with him. In order that we might have life in all its fullness, our sin and rebellion against God forgiven and the promise of eternal life with him when we die. The Gospel writer John puts it like this in what is perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And the eternal life that the Bible talks about is not just life after death, it's life in all its fullness now. Not just a future reality, but a reality now in everyday life. Joy, peace, comfort, strength, hope, purpose, and a reason to live. That's what this eternal life in all its fullness is about. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. A relationship with God himself. A relationship that you were made for, that you were created for. One that God designs you to live. One that men and women rebelled from and went their own way. But by putting your hope and trust in Jesus, asking him to pay the penalty for your sin and rebelling against God. This relationship that you're designed for can be restored. That which God made you for, that which is your purpose in life, you can know and experience. And that is certainly some good news. And that is certainly why a weary world can indeed rejoice. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to think about that which I've said and if you like to, to respond to it. Today, even this evening, you could know what it is to have a relationship with God himself. It happens by you putting your trust and your hope in Jesus, about making him the Lord of your life, holding on to him. Asking him to forgive you for that which you've done wrong and believing in what he has done for you. Jesus comes to save, to forgive, to restore your relationship with God, to bring you back to what you were made for. And that is the very best gift that you can receive this Christmas time. It's a gift of new life. A gift found in the person of Jesus. And if you'd like to receive that, very best Christmas gift, even today, then you can. And just to be clear, this is not a 
come to Jesus and uh, have a problem-free life. That's not what I'm saying at all. My invitation is this, come to Jesus and know your sin forgiven and know the joy and peace and rest that he brings and know him walking with you through everything you face. Make him the Lord of your life. Receive his gift this Christmas. And maybe for the first time you could know his peace, his joy, his rest, his promise to be with you forever. Some 30 or so years after his birth, Jesus called his very first disciples to follow him. Follow me, Jesus said to, to Levi in Luke, Luke chapter 5. And Luke tells us he got up and left everything and followed him. And the invitation of Jesus this evening is just the same. Follow me, he says, to each of you, to each of us tonight. I wonder, have you done that? Have you responded to Jesus' invitation to follow? Maybe you did that years ago. And maybe for you this evening, you're living in the good of that right now and doing your best to follow Jesus. And if that's you tonight, I want to encourage you and commend you to keep going. Maybe for you, some years ago, you decided to say yes to Jesus and follow him, but for whatever reason, life got a bit off track for you. And right now, you're perhaps not in that place where you're following him. Well, this evening, his invitation to you is still follow me. His invitation is, let's go again. Or maybe you're sitting here this evening, maybe you're perhaps even watching us online. And you've never put your trust in him. You've never said yes to Jesus. You've never responded to his invitation to follow. Well, this evening you can. This evening you could if you would like to. Jesus offers those who are weary a reason to rejoice. And as you receive his forgiveness and new life, you will know something of his joy and peace and rest in your life. So if for the first time you'd like to pray a prayer of commitment to God, or maybe you want to come back to him tonight, in a moment I'm going to, make a, I'm going to say a prayer. And if you'd like to, I'm not saying you have to, but an invitation is if you would like to, you can make it your own. You can pray along with me. So if you'd like this evening to respond to Jesus' invitation to follow him, to know his peace and rest and joy and hope in your life, then as I pray in a moment, make this prayer your prayer. Let's close our eyes and pray together. Thank you, Lord God, for the wonderful gift of your Son. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to bring good news and hope to all mankind. I choose today to put my hope and trust in you. I choose to acknowledge you as my Lord and my Saviour. I'm sorry for where I failed you and let you down. Thank you that you will never fail me or let me down. 
I turn away from everything that I've done wrong and ask you to please forgive me. I choose today to always follow you and to receive your love and forgiveness. Please give me the gift of your Holy Spirit to help me to live for you. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this evening, I would love to know. And we would love to send you a free gift to, to help you on your journey of faith. And we'd love to introduce you to others, if you like that, who can help you in that. We'd also love to get some feedback from you as to what you thought about this evening and how you found it. Maybe how you heard about us, if you're here perhaps for the first time. So before we finish, I'd like all of us, please, to, to find the card that is in your seat pocket next to you. Whether you are here every week or whether you're here for the first time this evening, can I ask you to grab your card and wave it at me? Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.